Now, before we read today's parable, I want us to notice the exchange between Jesus and Peter, the apostle, that sets up the parable, the exchange for which the parable is the answer. Jesus has just been uh, finished teaching about how to restore a brother who sins against you. And that's in Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. And Jesus says, hey, if your brother has sinned against you, go privately, one-on-one, confront him with his sin. Uh, And if he repents, awesome, you've restored your brother. If he doesn't repent, take one or two people with you, and and sort of you're ratcheting it up. If he still won't repent, then you take it to the church. And if he still won't repent, then you'll have to treat him like an outsider with the hopes that uh, eventually his, he will, God will get his attention and he will uh, repent and be restored. But the point of that teaching is all about what we can do to help other people who are caught in sin get free. But Peter is thinking, like you and I would, well, what, about, what about me? Remember, That person sinned against me. I've been hurt. I've been offended. I've been wounded. What do I do with my pain? So, yeah, it's nice to talk about how to help the the bad guy, you know, uh, be restored spiritually. But what do I do with the, uh, the pain that's cascading in my life because I've been sinned against? Then Peter came up and said to Jesus... Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Before we laugh at uh, Peter's proposed number, uh, you got to understand that the, the religious leaders of his day, the rabbis, said that we were obligated to forgive three times. But that was the limit. Once somebody, you know, fool me once, right? Once somebody had sinned against us three times, then we were, you know, the fourth time we could just crumple them up and toss them into the trash bin of our life. That was too much. There's a limit to the amount of mercy we we are required to show somebody. And so here's Peter. I'm sure Peter's thinking, okay, Jesus, he seems to always have higher standards than everybody else. So I'm going to more than double. I'm going to go to like seven. And so he's probably thinking, you know, that he's being magnanimous, and Jesus could be like, wow, seven, you're awesome. Jesus said to Peter, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Other translations, 77s, uh, which is, um, again, not uh, a limit. He's referring to something uh, that Lamech said in the Old Testament where he said, if Cain was avenged seven times, I shall be avenged 77s or 70 times seven. Uh, It's kind of a a limitless number. There's no end. And so Jesus, this is, you got to understand, this is the first time in human history that someone has taught there is no limit to forgiveness. It doesn't matter how many times that person has sinned against you, you forgive. This, is un, this was unheard of until the time of Christ. Shocking. 
absolutely not the way the kingdom of this world works. And so then Jesus tells a parable in order to underline what he has just taught. And so I read Matthew 18, starting in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And now the punchline. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. I want to point out three things this uh, parable teaches us about forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness is costly. It costs us whatever that other person that we're forgiving owes us. How much did forgiving this unmerciful servant cost the king? 10,000 talents, which is an enormous sum of money. Uh, it, a talent, was the equivalent of 20 years' wages for the average Israelite in Jesus' day. 20 years. So 20,000 years of salary. Some say that uh, the talent uh, was the largest, um, it was the largest sum of money uh, at that time, the, the largest denomination, and that 10,000 was the largest uh, number in Greek. So Jesus is basically saying the largest possible amount you could owe. That's how much uh, this unmerciful servant owes his uh, master. And so forgiveness costs us. See, Jesus is talking about real sin. Uh, things that are truly bad that people do to us. If it's something that can be excused once all the knowledge is in, 
Well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody has done wrong to us. And so they owe us. I mean, if somebody lies to you, that's wrong. And they're now in your debt. If somebody cheats on you, they've done you wrong. And they're in your debt. If somebody drinks alcohol and then drives drunk and kills somebody you love or puts you in the hospital, they have sinned against you. And, and they owe you. And so, but, but when you forgive, what you're saying is, I will cancel the debt. I will choose not to demand from you what, what is mine, what I deserve. I'm going to forego what I deserve, what is rightfully mine. Why? It says that the king had pity on his servant. Now, the servant says, oh, just give me more time. Give me more time, and I'll pay you everything. Is that realistic? <laughs> what, 20,000 years? Now, give me 20,000 years more, and, and I'll repay you. He was never going to be able to repay. And so the king had pity on him, realized, if I demand from you what is just... If I demand that you repay me what you actually owe me, you're sunk. And out of pity, out of compassion, out of love, the king says, I'm going to cancel your debt. You no longer owe me. I release you. So when people sin against us, they owe us. That's, that's justice. And justice demands that they repay and that we are satisfied. But God, who is the king, right, in this parable, God shows us another way. And it's the way of grace. And it's the way of the kingdom of heaven. And, and it's the way that he has called us, his followers, into so, anytime we talk about forgiveness, so often the Spirit of God brings to mind names and faces of people that owe us, who are indebted to us. And then the Spirit asks us, will you forgive? Will you release them from that debt so that they can walk in freedom. Are you seeing any of those faces? Second thing we learn from this parable about forgiveness is that we have been forgiven far more than we will ever ask, uh, be asked to forgive. We have been forgiven far more than we will ever be asked to forgive. And and there's the contrast between the 1,000 talents and the 100 denarii. 1,000 talents, equivalent to 20,000 years of wages. A denarii is one day's wage for the worker. So 100 denarii, uh, that's a little over three months of wages. 
maybe $15,000. It's a real uh, sum of money. It's a real debt, right? And, and so, yeah, there are, the fact of the matter is people, there are people who, who have truly done us wrong, and it's a big deal. But compared to what God has forgiven us, it's tiny. And, and Jesus is clearly making that point here. He, he, he is saying, look, I acknowledge that people can, can do really bad things to us and put themselves in our debt. But when you consider how much God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus, no matter what some other person has done to you, it, it is tiny compared to what I've forgiven. Do we believe that? Jesus is here, you know, I think so often we, we say, okay, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I need God to forgive me. But, come on, how much does he really have to forgive? I, you know, I'm not that bad, right? I uh, look around and I compare myself to other people and I think, I'm a pretty good guy. Sure, I'm not perfect. And so, yeah, I need God to forgive the difference, the slight difference between me and perfection. But it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's certainly, I don't do what that person did to me. I've never done that to somebody else. No, no, no. What they did to me is far, far worse than what I have ever done to God. And yet Jesus says that's not actually true. Sin is a big deal to God. And every single one of us has offended, has wronged God in a far, far, far greater, more significant way than the worst thing that has ever been done to us. That's the spiritual truth. But do we believe that emotionally? And are we relating to other people accordingly? So you've got that wrong that's been done to you in your mind, and you're thinking, really? That seems a much bigger deal to me than what I've ever done. But when our perspective is, is correct, when we, when we recognize, I have been forgiven 10,000 talents. I've been forgiven the massive sin. And you know what? what? What's been done to me, what I'm being asked to forgive, pales in comparison. That's when it's possible to forgive. That's when it becomes doable emotionally. And Jesus says it's very, very important that we have a, an accurate perspective on forgiveness. Third thing I see in this parable regarding forgiveness is that those who receive God's forgiveness obligate themselves to extend forgiveness to other people. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Now the unmerciful servant was within his legal rights to throw his fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii in jail. There was nothing unjust about that. That was 
legally his right. The guy owed him 100 denarii. He was unable to pay. Throw him in debtor's prison until he can pay. That's, that's justice. And so legally, the unmerciful servant hadn't done anything wrong, but morally he had. Morally, you can't receive grace from God and turn around and operate with justice towards your fellow man or by merit towards your fellow man. God says it doesn't work that way. That is wickedness. Unforgiveness. Refusing to forgive someone who has wronged us is wicked in the eyes of God, period, 100% of the time. It is always, always, always God's will that we forgive our brothers and sisters from our heart. It's always God's will, always, that we forgive without exception. You can't say, yeah, but they did it too many times. But what they did was too heinous. You just don't understand. No, God understands. And it's always his will that we forgive. And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers, other translations say the torturers, until he should pay all his debt. The king retracted his forgiveness. I think here's what the king is saying. I think the king is saying, listen, I, re- I, I, I started relating to you according to the laws of merit, the ways of the world, right? Okay, you owe me, time for you to pay up, you can't pay up, well, you, you know, you and yours will be sold. That's the way of the world, that's the, the, the kingdom of merit. You get what you deserve. That's the way the world works. And the king says, I, I began relating to you according to the kingdom of merits, rules. You owe me, pay up. You can't, you'll be punished. But then I switched. I said, you know what? I'm going to relate to you according to the kingdom of grace. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. Cancel the debts. And you loved it. Right? The unmerciful servant loved God, well, the king. He loved the king relating to him in grace. Having his debts canceled was awesome. But then he chose to step back out of the kingdom of grace into the kingdom of the world, into the kingdom of merit, and relate to other people according to, I demand that you give me what I deserve and that you get according to what you deserve. And the king blew the whistle. He said, no. You're either going to live in the kingdom of grace or not. And if you want to live in the kingdom of merit, well, then your debt has been reinstated and I hand you over to the jailers. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That's Jesus. Now, he stopped telling the parable. He's now giving the punchline. He's looking at Peter 
and his disciples, and he's looking at you, and he's looking at me in the eyes, and he's saying, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you without exception. None of us gets a free pass if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. If you receive God's forgiveness, you are obligated to turn around and forgive other people. Period. But, 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 but not her, not him, not them. There's got to be some exceptions. There's got to be some wiggle room here. There's not. So the name, the face that's in front of you right now, let's take some time and and respond. So if you guys, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, close your eyes, bow your head. This is so you can do business with God, and I'll invite the uh, band back up. Forgiveness lays the foundation for reconciliation. Reconciliation requires two people both responding properly in order to reestablish trust. But forgiveness lays the foundation. And here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is saying, I give up my right to be repaid. Will you do that? So the Spirit of God has brought a face, brought a name to mind. And will you say, I choose right now and from here on forth to give up my right to be repaid. That person has sinned against me. They have wronged me. They have hurt me. They have cost me. They've cost me emotional tranquility. They might have cost me money. They might have cost me uh, sleepless nights. They, they have cost me. But I'm going to release them from the obligation to repay. And we do that because God has modeled that toward us. And we've been called to, uh, to have pity on other people. We do that because we recognize that what I have been forgiven is so much greater than what I'm being asked to forgive. And we recognize that, you know what, I, I have stepped into the kingdom of grace and that's where I want to hang out for the rest of my existence. So I encourage you right now, just in your own heart, say, I choose to release, boom, put their name in there from the obligation to repay me. Holding on to... Uh, Holding on to unforgiveness hurts us. Set them free, set yourself free. Jesus, I thank you for this teaching which is so uh, contrary to what we are taught by the world. And yet it is a better way. We, we receive grace from you. We choose to extend grace.
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.